You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Unveiled, Part 8. Enjoy. Dad may not be able to relate to this, but I, I was a dad who really didn't know how to fix anything when I uh, back, first became a dad, and I uh, had to learn. But I remember it's pretty cool when, when someone came over and I was working on something or I had a tool that I used and someone saw me using that and said, you know, if you just did this, if you just turn it that way and flip this lever, you can do this. Oh, that's pretty cool. Thanks for showing me that. Yeah, if you just plug it in, it works a lot better, you know. (laughs) But I remember when I got my first laptop in like year 2000, something like that, and, you know, never had one before and and wasn't too interested in using one, but I started using it because I had to use it for work. And uh, I remember this young man came up to me. He said, you know, if you just do this and this, you can do it that way. And you can. he started showing me all these keyboard commands and these shortcuts. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Well, dads, that's what we want to do for you today. We want to show you some things about how you work, about how you operate. Many dads are walking around living in their soul instead of their spirit. And as a result, they're frustrated, they're discouraged because they're letting their soul control them instead of their spirit. And that's what we've been talking about in our series, Unveiled. We're going to continue with that. Uh, and before we do that, Dana, can you pull up our website right quick? So we're going to go, we're going to start with a video by Andrew Womack. But before that, we want to go to our website. So Dana, if you could pull up our website, that'd be awesome. We're going we're gonna to move some levers in your life. We're going to uh, have a time to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can't, you can't experience him to the fullness like he purposed without that baptism of the Holy Spirit. So dads, we want to equip you to walk in the Spirit like never before, uh, to plug in your power tools and do things with them that you've never done before. We're going to start uh, with a video from Andrew Womack, Andrew Womack Ministries, on spirit, soul, and body. So actually, if we could turn the, the overhead lights off, and Dan, you can play that video. Go ahead and hit that thing and turn up the volume. That was good. That was like a, this old house for, for our bodies, right? For our being. Show you, I love to watch that show, figure out how things work, but that's how we work. And I want you to see that as we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And most of the times, the, the case, usually if you're experiencing a repeated defeat or an issue, is just that you're giving the soul... Uh, you're too much attention and not enough attention to what God says about you. It turns it around every time where you focus on what he says about you and who you are in him instead of how you feel and what things look like. And that takes practice. This is not something that happens in a moment. Okay, my whole life has changed. Everything's great. I'm never going to have a problem again. This is, a, this is a way of living. It's a commitment to look at who I am in Christ and never move off of that. Never change my mind about that. That I am a new creation in Christ. The very joy of Jesus Christ is reigning inside of me. The resurrection power of Christ is flowing through every system of my body. I'm strong and healthy, inspired and with clear vision for the rest of my life. You have to, you have to choose to make this your reality by focusing your attention on what he says about you. Very powerful. I wanted you to see that. I thought that was good to show on Dad's Day, too, because we love to learn how things work and, and, how, they, and, and how to put things together. We're going to continue with this. We said last week in our series, and we're going to finish up our series, I think, next week, but um, in our series, Unveiled, we're looking at the real you now. We're unveiling the real you, and we said last week that the real you, the full and complete you, Every talent, every ability, uh, every nuance of your personality, uh, all that you were made to be can only blossom, can only be realized and experienced through a full relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit is oftentimes not talked about among Christians or understood. Uh, He's thought to be some kind of a a foreign entity that just kind of floats around and does things randomly. But actually, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He's the very Spirit of God, and you see Him clearly operating in Jesus' life. He's just like Him. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we want all that He is operating in our lives. 
So who you were made to be will unfold and blossom when you enter into a full relationship with him. Okay? You want him to be the person in your life. And the person of the Holy Spirit is actually in this place this morning. Isn't that awesome? He's right here. If you've put your faith in Christ, he's actually living in you. Okay? Now, we made this statement uh, last week. We didn't get a chance to get into it. We're going to do it today. Then we can give you a chance to experience it if you haven't already and help you to utilize it daily in your life. A full relationship with the Holy Spirit can only be realized or experienced through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So a full relationship with the Holy Spirit can only be realized through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 through 4 again. And again, if you have uh, read that term in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you have ever read it in your Bible, just raise your hand. You've read that term, baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's in the New Testament. It's not a, a current church uh, doctrine. It's, it's not something that man created. It's a, it's a fulfillment of prophecy in the New Testament. Okay, we're going to see that. This is not something that some charismatic church came up with or some Pentecostal church or some church. This is something that Jesus brought into the earth through his ascension. Okay? And it is essential. It is essential. If you want to live the full life Christ came to give you, it's not optional. It's optional in a sense we can choose to live without it. But in terms of you being the full you and experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give you, you have to have it. You have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now stay with me. Don't turn me off. I don't, I'm not interested in, in uh, creating any kind of controversy here. The devil already did that. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, all right? In Matthew chapter 18, verse 2, Jesus is talking. We'll go right to verse 3. And he says this, learn this well. And he's got a little child next to him. He says, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking. That's a big deal, isn't it? All of us need to dramatically change our way of thinking. And I've watched in the, over the years where many come into the body of Christ, and, but they don't dramatically change their way of thinking. They're glad that they're going to heaven and that they've got a good moral compass for living, you know, and they know kind of the basics of what's right and wrong, but that's all they know. They don't dramatically change their thinking. That is so, I love the way it's said there in the Passion. This is a dramatic change of the way you live. If you want to come to Jesus and stay the same, don't come. Right. Really. Because I'm telling you, why would you want to do that anyway? Right, 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 right. You, you really want to stay the same? I mean, I love you, but you're not all that. <laughs> right? I'm not either. I need to change. Right? Yes. So if you don't want to change, something's, you need to <laughs> reconsider why you don't want to change. Could be fear, but I'm telling you, you want the Holy Spirit to change you. He'll fix you. He'll pull things out of you that you don't even know you have yet. He'll, he'll illuminate areas of your personality and your gifting. He's like, what? I didn't know that was in me. This is amazing. He'll show you things no one can show you. This is, you don't want to miss this. So it's a dramatic change in the way we're thinking. We're not like people who don't know Jesus. We're dramatically changing the way we think. We believe everything he said and did. Unquestionably. He said it, he did it, we believe it. That's our truth now. That's dramatic, right? That's dramatic. And become teachable. Oh, that's good. And learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child. Unless you do this, you'll never be able to experience it. And I've seen people frustrated with God. And, and the, the reason is they haven't changed their thinking yet. They're frustrated with God because they think this hasn't happened or that, and they're way, but they're still, they're not, they haven't dramatically changed their thinking. They're still thinking like they were before they came to him. It doesn't work. That's what I love about that little drawing, little illustration. You see the body looking in the mirror, 
And I love that. He said, you know, you've never seen your face. You can't look at your face. Try it. I can see a little bit of my nose. That's about it. (laughs) You have never actually, you can't look at your own face. Isn't that amazing? You need a mirror to actually see what you look like. Yeah. If there's something on your face, you don't know it. I can have a Cheerio right here and I don't even know it. I didn't have Cheerios this morning. What did I have? Some kind of flakes and dates and stuff. But the only way you know that is if you look in the mirror and then you say, God's word is that mirror for your life. There are things you just will never know until you look in the book. It's so, it's so, it's so enlightening. And as I said before, you need a hard copy of this thing. It's great to have it on your device, but man, you need a hard copy so you can just see more information and write in it and smell it and get it in you, okay? Yeah. So it's the mirror that we look in, and the more you look in here to see who you are, the more you'll change, the stronger you'll become. If you're trying to be a Christian without looking in here, forget it. If you're trying to fulfill God's destiny for your life without looking in here, it can't be done. You need to stare in this mirror to see who you really are. Okay? Now, let's see. Verse 4, whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom. So when I take God at his word, no matter how impossible it seems, and I dramatically change my way of thinking, I'm humbling myself. Dads, it's good to be humble, right? Strong men are humble. Arrogant men are weak. They are. They've always got to try and build themselves up and make themselves look good. But when you're humble, you're taking God at his word. And nothing will make you stronger. So when we elevate Jesus, we're humbling ourselves, right? If I've, if I've spent 30 years forming my own conclusions and I come to Christ, now I humble myself and I discard those conclusions and replace them with his. No matter what status I'm in in life, right? No matter what accolades I've achieved or how many degrees I might have, I take Jesus at his word now. Okay? That's humbling ourselves. And we exalt Jesus and what he says above everything we've ever known. That's what we're doing here right now, okay? Now, 1 Corinthians 2.14, very revealing in the Passions translation, it says this, someone living on an entirely human level. In other words, they go by what they taste, see, touch, feel, hear, smell, their five senses, right? On an entirely human level, rejects the revelations of God's spirit. For they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. What we're talking about will make no sense to you if you haven't put your faith in Christ. If you're not listening to him, if you're not interested in knowing him. Okay? Now, we're trusting the Holy Spirit to do some illumination here as we're talking. I'm going to read that out of the message. The message says there's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. (laughs) Spirit can can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Christianity is totally spiritual. It's as spiritual as you can get, the real Christianity. It's where your spirit comes alive and you let it dominate you. And your soul and your body are your servants now. Before that, your soul and your body dominated you and your spirit was separated from God. All right? Now, we want to get into this. Now, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, if you've read it in the Bible, raise your hand. Yeah. You, just, just, you don't have to go far. Read the book of Acts. Uh, read, read through the Gospels. Jesus talked about it. The, uh, you'll see it at the birth of the, of the New Testament church. But remember, you have an enemy. Who's your enemy? Satan, right? Satan is a fallen angel. He rebelled against God, and he and some of the angels that he talked into it, they, they fell. They were cast down from heaven. Jesus said, like lightning falls from heaven, Satan fell, right? But he's in the earth, 
And he's, uh, he's a spirit of darkness, of deception, and he wants to keep you from walking in the spirit. He wants to keep you from living the abundant life Christ came to give that. Now, Satan has no power in of himself. Jesus whooped him completely. The only tool he has is deception. That's all he has. So he's trying to get you to believe things that aren't true about God and aren't true about yourself. And he's very clever at that. The only way you can recognize his philosophies is by studying the Word of God, by looking at the person of Jesus Christ. So one of the, one of the strategies of Satan to keep you from experiencing uh, something that God's provided for you, he'll create controversy around it. For example, healing. God's, it's God's will all the time for everyone to be healed. That will never change. There's a lot of controversy around. Many people would be very upset that I just said that. But if you'll look at the ministry of Jesus, not your experience, not what you've been through or what your relatives have been through or your friends, if you'll look at the ministry of Jesus, who's God in the flesh, you'll see that not one, not one, not one, not one person who came to him for healing did he turn away. Did they not receive it? Not one. You will, not, you will never hear Jesus saying some of the dark things that ministers say, like God brought that sickness into your life to teach you something. That is of the devil. That doesn't mean that ministers possessed of the devil. It just means they've accepted a dark idea that the devil introduced to them. It happens in churches a lot. Okay? We're not immune to dark ideas. The only thing that makes you immune to them is fortifying your thinking with what God says. Okay? Just because a pastor preaches something doesn't make it true. I'm not interested in what a pastor preaches. I'm interested in what Jesus said. Right? The moment I hear something come out of a pastor's mouth that isn't in agreement with the ministry of Jesus as recorded in the scriptures, sorry, it doesn't come in my mind. I don't care how, how successful they've been. I'm not interested. I just want what Jesus said. I just want Jesus. Now, if, if you're humble, you'll love that. If you're kind of arrogant, like, well, <laughs> But we want what Jesus said, right? Because we want, we want to. So this controversy is around the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like healing and other things in the Bible. What's the controversy around the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some of you may know this already or not, but in the Bible, when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they began speaking in other tongues. That's what the controversy's around, okay? I want you to understand this so you can receive it. Now, what ended up happening is some say that every believer is automatically baptized in the Holy Spirit when they put their faith in Christ. That's what some say. But Jesus and the Scriptures don't support that. Okay? You're going to notice some big differences in what some people say and what Jesus says. And you, you're the only one that can decide what am I going to go with. Am I going to go with the tradition of my forefathers or am I going to go with what Jesus said? Okay? So some say everyone automatically receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you speak in tongues. You've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you put your faith in Jesus. That's not what the Scriptures teach us. That Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you get it. And when they got it, they began praying in other tongues. It was the evidence that the apostles looked for as they traveled around ministry. They looked for it. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If they were, if they were praying in tongues, they knew they got it, right? It's the Bible evidence. Now, let's look at this. Again, don't take my word for anything. You look in the Scriptures yourself. Okay, so according to Jesus and the Scriptures, speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, here you go. You ready? Your tongue, your mouth, is the key to experiencing God. He's done all he can do. It's up to your tongue now. In other words, what you choose to say with your mouth. What the words you choose to believe and speak will determine how much of God you experience. It's that simple. 
The words you choose to believe and speak will determine how much of God you experience. Okay? So your tongue is a key to having a full relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I want to say this because I know this comes up. People will say, are you saying that if I don't speak in tongues that uh, I'm less of a Christian? Of course not. You can't be more or less of a you're You're God's child. When you put your faith in Christ, you're, you're a full son and daughter of God just as much as Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is living in you. So don't don't become defensive. Let's learn, right? Let's not become defensive. Let's receive from God. So no, you're not less of a Christian. What I am saying is there's a full experience for you that you haven't experienced yet. That's all I'm saying. That will come through the actual baptism that will be manifest through a supernatural ability to pray in a language you've never studied. And you say, that's a little weird, but let's, let, let's, let's understand why this happened. Let's look at something first. So before Acts chapter 2, you guys still awake? We doing good? Before Acts chapter 2, which is when the day of Pentecost came and the, and the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Before that, however, they were born again, but they weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 20. This is so cool. I remember seeing this in the Word when I first learned this years ago. This is so cool. So you can actually be born again, have the Holy Spirit in you, but not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? How does that work? You're going to understand it. Stay with me. So in, in John 20, verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples. This is after his crucifixion. This is on the resurrection day. She comes and tells them, I've seen the Lord. And that he had spoken these things unto her. In verse 19, the same day at evening, okay, being the first day of the week, resurrection day, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace, wholeness, well-being, prosperity be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Okay, so he's been crucified in the grave. Third day, he's risen again. He's appearing to his disciples, and he will do that for 40 days, almost six weeks. Okay, but look what he does on this first day. Verse 21, then Jesus said to them, Peace, wholeness, well-being, prosperity be unto you. As my Father sent me, so send I you. Look at verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive the Holy Ghost. Pentecost hadn't come yet. What's happening here? They're born again. You see that? They didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. Why? The Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. The baptism couldn't come until Jesus finished his 40-day training with his disciples and he ascended. Right? So here he is, resurrection. He breathes on us, receive the Holy Spirit. What happened? The Holy Spirit entered them and made their spirits brand new. They were born again right there, but not baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to see that. You you understand chronologically where we're at, right? This was before Acts chapter 2. Okay, now let's see here. Let me make sure I don't skip anything. Yeah, so this is a basic confusion between being born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, you are made, your spirit is made new by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and you are, you are a full son and daughter of God. Now, but you can have, you can, C-A-N, not can't, you can have the Holy Spirit in you, but not be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not be experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, Jesus, let's go to Luke 24. We want to get some scriptures on this so you'll, you'll be able to stand and receive this if you haven't. Jesus referred to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the T-H-E, promise of the Father. How many promises has God made? (laughs) I don't know. I've never counted them. I've tried. Hundreds, maybe thousands. I don't know. A lot. But Jesus, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, says this is the promise. We're humbling ourselves, aren't we? 
We're not going to get upset about this. We're going to elevate what Jesus said above our religious experience. If, he, if he's elevating this, we're elevating it. Not because we're trying to be a part of a clique or a group. We want more Jesus, right? It's wonderful to, to let man's ideas go and embrace him. It, will, it dramatically changes your whole life. Okay? So Jesus, in Luke 24, verse 49, he says, And behold, again, this is before Pentecost. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, that means wait, because the Holy Spirit wasn't there yet. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus himself already breathed on them. Didn't he? But that wasn't enough. Because it's not how God set it up. God didn't set this up so just Jesus comes by and touches you and, every, and, and, and all your problems are solved for the rest of your life. He gave you authority to reign in life through his son. You're just like him. Jesus wants you to be like him in the earth. Not be looking for him to come by and hopefully touch you. He's in you. See, religion puts you in a passive place where you can't get free unless Jesus come, happens to come your way and you shout and holler and he comes. That was before he rose from the dead. He's living in you. You don't have to wait for him anymore. Now, Acts chapter 1, look at this, same thing. Acts chapter 1, Luke wrote the book of Acts, right? You guys know that? Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke, Acts chapter 1, verse 3, look at this. He said, to whom also Jesus showed himself alive after the passion, that's King James for suffering, right, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. Wow, that's cool, isn't it? He's risen from the dead and he's appearing to them almost six weeks. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, he commanded them. He already breathed on them. They're already born again. But there's more. He didn't say you're less of a Christian. Right? They're not offended. This is Jesus talking. Yes, sir. Right? He's our Lord. He commands them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. I mean, you would think the Messiah you know, coming to earth and ministering for three plus years and being crucified, bearing it all, and being raised from the dead would be enough. It wasn't. It wasn't enough according to Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost. Didn't Jesus say this? Do you think Jesus forgot everything he did for the past 30 plus years? The, uh, you, wait, you, you need to wait for the promise of the Father because, oh, wait, I did die and crucify. No, I don't know. He knew exactly what he was doing. Listen, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is not enough for you to walk in victory. I have never said that before in my life. I don't think I've ever thought that before. Well, maybe I thought it, but I don't know if I've ever said it live on candid camera. You need the Holy Spirit. Boy, is this huge. That's why Jesus said, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Wow. I love the Bible. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 8, but you, see Jesus had power, they needed it. You shall receive power. You shall receive power. That's dunamis, like dynamite. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Remember, he already breathed on them six weeks ago. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So we don't want to go around witnessing. We want to be witnesses. Keep your little cards and check boxes. I want people to experience God. He didn't say you'll go around witnessing. He said you're going to become like me. 
Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, Acts 10.38, right? With the power of the Holy Spirit, going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. That's you when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Isn't this exciting? You'll be like me everywhere you go. Wow. Now, what is this about speaking in tongues? Why is that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I mean, why isn't like a glowing left ear or, or a little badge or, I don't know, big biceps? I mean, why, what is this speaking in tongues all about? I would have probably chosen something different to be the sign, wouldn't you? Like maybe a red nose like Rudolph, or I don't know. No, but why, why, why speaking in tongues? Why is that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, remember I told you about being a dad who didn't know how to fix things? God's not like that. He knows exactly how we work. There's no mystery to him about anything, ever. There's never been a mystery in God's mind. <laughs> He's never had a problem. He has all solutions. And his mind is nothing but solutions. Isn't that cool? God knows how you work. How do you work? What is the power that fuels your life? Proverbs 18, 21. Let's put that up there. Why speaking in tongues? Why is that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of your biceps. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they're not in your, in your tongue. This is illuminating, right? I remember reading it. What? No one ever told me this. The world has all kinds of programs to try, but this isn't one of them. All kinds of prescriptions for you to take, but not this one. This is the one that will work. The power of death and life are in your mouth. Romans says it that way. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The words you choose to speak and believe. In fact, James Chapter 3, we're not going to go there, but in James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, he says your tongue is the rudder of your life. Come on, can you let go of past traditions and religious experiences? Can we just focus on Jesus and not get offended? Let's do that. I want everyone to receive this today. I want you to leave praying in the Spirit today. It, it has dramatically changed my life. I would not want to leave my home without it. Okay, so your tongue's the rudder of your life, okay? It's where the power is for healing. If you need healing in your body, the healing you need is in your tongue. Man doesn't know this. If you're battling with depression, the healing you need is in your tongue. If you have lack in your life in any area, the provision you need is in your tongue. You begin to say what God has said about you, and you, don't, you declare that over your life. Now, in Bible study, we're having a Bible study today. Is that okay? There's a principle of Bible study that's really good. And I've talked about it before, but we'll talk about it again. It's called the law of first mention. In other words, when you're studying your Bible, there's a principle of Bible study. When, the, when something is mentioned for the first time in the Bible, it's really important. It sets the standard for every other time it's used. A great example for that is the word love. Who knows where the first place in the Bible the word love is mentioned? It's actually in Genesis. Someone say it, Genesis. It's in Genesis uh, 22, I think it is. Is it 20? I have to look. It's with Abraham and his son. Uh, it's chapter 22. It's right at the beginning there. 
where the first time the word love is used is when God says to his son, he said, take the son whom you love. First time in the Bible. Why is that important? The first time something is mentioned in the Bible defines it for us and gives us the context of what it really means. So love is now defined in Genesis 20 by Abraham taking his son and sacrificing him. What does 1 John say? Now, the, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son for us. Love is not defined by greeting cards and flowers. It's defined by God giving his son for us. You want to go through life with the right understanding of love because the world is so confused about this. Love is, is not a feeling. It's so much better. It's a spiritual reality that changes everything, right? So the first time it's mentioned, well, when was the, who was the first person in the Bible, in the New Testament, to mention speaking in tongues? Anybody know? Not Paul. Someone else you might remember. Jesus! Yeah! Remember him? He's the first one to mention it. Isn't that cool? You remember Jesus Christ, right? The Savior of the world? Yeah, that guy. Let's check this out in Mark chapter 16. He's the first one to mention it. So this law of first mention is a big deal now. Jesus is the first one to talk about it in the New Testament. So look at verse uh, Mark 16. Now this is Mark's account of the Great Commission. Like Matthew 28. That's Matthew's account. This is Mark's account. And Jesus says to them, this is right before he's leaving, right? He's already appeared to them for 40 days, already breathed on them. He says, go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. What has he said three times? So I think he's trying to emphasize something here, huh? Believe, 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 believe. This all has to do with what you believe. These signs will follow those who believe. What about those who do not believe? No signs. So isn't this interesting? If I don't believe this and I build my doctrine off of what I haven't experienced... Wow. So let's say, you know, I, 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 okay, I read the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures, and I try it, nothing happens. And then I meet someone who says, well, that was kind of back then. That it doesn't happen that way anymore. You already have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You got that when you received Christ. Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. What have I just done? Shut the door to that in my life. I, worse yet, I can now build a doctrine off of it. I know, I know 10 people just like me who they, they, they're, they're, they prayed. They didn't pray in tongues. They didn't, but, but, but they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. How do you know? Well, because I, I believe that. I, that's because I, I, I said so. We don't want to build a doctrine on what has or hasn't happened to us, do we? Because if I don't believe something, it's not going to happen. Why would I build a doctrine off of something that hasn't happened because I don't believe it? There are doctrines of unbelief in churches, and they're taught weekly. And guess what? No signs, which further reinforces their ignorance because they're not seeing it, right? I told you. <laughs> so every time they don't see it, they just say, see? But the reason I see it is they don't believe it. You see? You got to believe it first, then you'll see it. <laughs> Isn't it simple? But boy, is it. Uh, throw many for a loop. So Jesus is saying, believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Look, in my name, they'll cast out demons. Do you believe that? Yes. Have you ever cast out a demon? Yes. You should try it. It's awesome. Yes. Cast out many in my life. Been face to face with them in people's lives. We cast them out. Yes. Yes. Don't talk to them. Yes. Don't entertain them. Yes. Don't, don't try and have a conversation. Cast them out. They have nothing to tell you. This is what we do. We cast out. Well, I don't believe that. Then you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. 
This is for those who believe. I'm not trying to be offensive, but we need to understand how the machine operates. You believe, then you see it. Okay? If I'm waiting to see it before I believe, it's just not going to happen. Okay? You believe it, then you see it. Everyone doing okay? We all right? We're humbling ourselves, right? And look what he says. They'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Who will, according to Jesus? Those who believe. What if I don't believe that? I'm not going to do it. How can if I don't believe it? Right? This is why you need preachers to preach it. So you can hear it, so you can believe it. Okay? Now here we go. We're getting into it. Wow. Oh my goodness. We could spend so much time on this. It's just so good. Um, Acts chapter 2. So Jesus is the first one to say it. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The day of Pentecost comes. They're all waiting. They're waiting there. I don't know. It was maybe like a week after his ascension, seven to ten days, somewhere in there. And they're in the upper room, 120 of them. The Holy Spirit comes into that place. And in verse 3 of Acts chapter 2, it says, cloven tongues of fire. So, and these appeared unto them, cloven tongues. Okay, not biceps, not, not glowing eyes, right? Not some kind of headgear. They're tongues, glowing tongues of fire. What's that fire? The glory of God. Set upon each one of them, because God knows how we work. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The New Living Translation says, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The New Century Version says, by the power the Holy Spirit was giving them. Okay? This is the prophecy of Joel. This is the promise of the Father that Jesus said, you don't want to go anywhere until you get this. But we have many Christians today who are going everywhere without it and not even realizing how powerless they are. All right? Now, let's see here. So the law of first mention, the beginning of the church happened with speaking in tongues. That's a big deal. The start of the new covenant, the New Testament church, was baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. That's the Bible, friends. Now, I've heard people say, well, that was just to give them a kickstart. You know, they need they needed a, little, a little jump start. Where's that in the scripture? What is that? Man's reasoning? because they haven't experienced it, and they're trying to explain it away. Well, that must have been just for them, because I haven't experienced it. Don't ever base what you believe on what you have or haven't experienced. Base on what the Scriptures teach, and you'll experience them. Isn't that wonderful? So the people around don't know what's going on. Remember, it's silliness to those who don't know. We read that in Corinthians. So in Acts chapter 2, they think, this is nuts, you know, these guys are drunk. Peter stands up. Now he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in verse 16 of chapter 2, he says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the, the promise fulfilled, right? I shall come to, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, your young men. You should be praying in the spirit in your home with your children. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Verse 21 says, It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's jump to verse uh, 38 for time's sake. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. What's that mean? Think differently, right? Think differently, dramatically different, right? And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is not a Kickstarter campaign. 
The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God should call. So who's, is it for you? Yes. What if you came from a church that didn't teach it? Is it still for you? Yes. Listen, I can't go through life in a church building. I need the power of God everywhere I go. Why would I want to submit to a man-made doctrine when Jesus is telling me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I have to choose. Who am I going to elevate in my life? Okay? Now, we're going to give you a chance to receive this because it's, it, it's, you just have to have it if you want the fullness of, of the life God has for you. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. Sometimes people are afraid, like, oh, no, what if I'm, like, in a meeting at work and all of a sudden I just start speaking Russian or something, you know? <laughs> That's not what happens, okay? This is something just like I stopped talking, didn't I? Why? Because I decided to. You have full control over it. It doesn't all of a sudden just burst out of your mouth and then you can't stop it. That's not how we're made. You have full control over your mouth. Right? Same thing. That's not going to change because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can choose to pray in the Spirit whenever I want to. I'm not going to preach a message to you like that. That wouldn't make any sense. You're not going to understand it. I'm being edified. But you're not going to be edified unless I interpret it for you. So it's full control. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Why is that beneficial? Because your intellect can't handle all that God wants to do. You can't. You can't figure out everything God wants to do in your life. It's beyond what your intellect, but your spirit loves it. Your spirit's like, yeah, more. So you need, to, you need to pray with your understanding, but boy, do you need to pray with your spirit. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive the ability to pray with your spirit without your intellect getting in the way. And that is why it's so powerful. Okay? Does that help? To help understand what we're doing? All right. So 1 Corinthians, Paul said, I pray with the spirit. Uh, um, my spirit and with the understanding, right? And in Jude 1.20, he says, Beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. All right? And I know we're, 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 we, I'm, I'm conscious of the time, but there's just some things we have to get in. I don't know what's coming in your week, but you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You may have a pot roast in the oven, but what you need now, you need to baptize in the Holy Spirit. You need it. I know I need to tell you this. The Lord has been speaking to me very definitively about ministering this, and I try and fit the little clock, but by golly, you need this. All right? Let's get our minds on what's really important. Now, if you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's very simple, and we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. There's no waiting. Jesus said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem. Why did they have to wait? Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. There's no more waiting. A lot of churches will teach that. They'll have people come up to the front and they'll say, okay, let's tarry, let's tarry, let's wait, let's wait. And they're there for hours. They're waiting for something that's already done. Right? If the taxi is here, get in. Right? So you can go. So there's no waiting. There's no trying to get it. How did you put your faith in Christ for forgiveness of sins? Did you have to wait for that? You believed it. Same thing. This is how everything works with God. You just believe it and receive it. It's so simple. If your mind's not renewed to it, it makes it hard, right? Because it's so easy. So listen, now just be bold. You're loved. You're not less of a Christian. Uh, you're, you're God's very own. You're highly favored. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But if you're not praying in tongues, if you can't pray in tongues, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, listen, I want to invite you to just stand to your feet wherever you're at. Just stand to your feet. Just do it. Who cares what people think? Who cares? Boy, you'll be, you know, that's part of freedom is not caring what people think, right? 
Isn't that a big part of freedom? Not caring what people think. Listen, I want you to, I really feel the Holy Spirit's impressed me to do this today. If you're not praying in other tongues through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please stand to your feet wherever you're at. I want to invite you to receive this. You don't have to, but boy, if you want the full life, you need it. You do. It is key. And this is what we're going to do. If you're standing, it's very simple. Are you ready? You're going to receive it. This is God's Spirit empowering your tongue your spirit to pray okay and i'm just going to demonstrate it's the way it was explained to me and i think it's kind of good you just start worshiping god in whatever your primary language is mine is english so i just start saying lord you're well i'll worship you and give you praise god i love you fill me baptize me in your holy spirit okay that's what you do and what i'm going to do i'm going to pray and on three, I'm going to say one, two, three. I want you to stop praying with your intellect and start praying with your spirit. Okay? Just, just keep your mouth going. You can't do it like this. You have to open your mouth. Okay? So switch from here to here. Okay? All right, let's start worshiping him in our primary language. Lord, we worship you. Thank you for the baptism of your Holy Spirit in this place today. Thank you for baptizing with the fire of heaven. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us to overflowing. We give you praise. You love us so much. You love us so much, and we give you praise and thank you. Are you guys ready? Got to keep your mouth going. We're going to switch from your intellect to your spirit. Father, I ask you to baptize everyone standing in the name of Jesus Christ with your Holy Spirit now. One, two, three. Pray with your spirit. Come on. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.